Welcome to Josh's Worst Nightmare Oddcast presented by Denver Horror Collective. I'm your host, author Josh Schlossberg, surveying the dark landscape of biological horror fiction. For this episode, we're being charmed by Brian Asman. Brian is a writer, actor, director, and producer from San Diego, California. He's the author of the hit indie novella, Man, Fuck This House, recently optioned by a major streaming service. His other books include I'm Not Even Supposed to Be Here Today, Neo Arcana, Nunchuck City, Jailbreak, Jailbroke, and Return of the Living Elves. He's recently published short stories in Pulp Modern, Kelp, Welcome to the Splatter Club, and Lost Films, and comics in Tales of Horrorgasm. Welcome to my nightmare, Brian. Hey, Josh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, on Josh's Worst Nightmare, I invite on horror authors to talk about an aspect of biological horror, which I define as living creatures and vital processes relevant to their writing. This episode, we're talking about elves. Elves, the plural of elf. Yes. I'm excited about this. I mean, I'm excited about every topic, but I'm particularly excited about this because I have long been enamored of elves from back in Tolkien days. Brian Froud, who did these really cool books with all sorts of weird elf stuff, Celtic and British mythology, fairy tales, everything like that. So what was your introduction to the elf kingdom? Ooh, well, I think like a lot of kids, the Christmas elves, Santa's elves, uh, you know, like the elves I'm talking about in the book. Although my mom read The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings to me at a very early age. So the the Tolkien fantasy elf was also uh, swiftly, it swiftly became a part of my elfish lexicon. And then I think when I was, uh, you know, I got to be like 11, 12, 13, I started playing Warhammer. And I played, I first played as the high elves and then, uh, you know, in the mid nineties, they started putting out wood elf miniatures. And so I switched to wood elves. Uh, and I remember like when I was like 16 or so, like I was like a wood elf army. Uh, and that was a lot of fun, but my brother would always, always kick my ass because he played as either undead or chaos and they had better magic. Fair, fair. So the difference between the high elf and the wood elf, explain that. Yeah, so kind of like uh, high high elves are kind of like the city elves. You know, they're fancy. They drive fancy cars, live in, you know, live in nice high rises. And the wood elves are kind of like, you know, uh, the rednecks. I like that redneck elf. Sure. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'm sure they could play the banjo pretty well. Yeah, I I do like the Tolkien elves. Yeah, I guess those are more the the high elves, the fantasy elves, as you call them. Uh, but yeah, the wood elf's a little bit more, maybe like ratchet. Yeah, a little they're, bit. They're they're, they're more rustic. Not really. I, yeah, I was just playing with that. They're just they're more <laughs> rustic. They're more in touch with nature and their roots, whereas the high elves are a little more technological. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. of course the Christmas elf component. So I was raised as a Jew, and so we didn't really have Christmas elves. So I guess my introduction to elves. So that's of course probably most people's introduction to elves is the yeah. The innocuous Christmas elf, 
pretty much. Yeah. yeah the uh, yeah. Well, they're not really innocuous though, because mm -hmm. like you know, the economics of the North Pole are very unclear, and that's one of the things I tried to get into in my book, Return of the Living Elves. You know, no one ever talks about like you know, what, like how are these elves getting paid? What are their living conditions like? Uh, you know, is anyone looking out for these elves? Uh, you know, are they employees? Are they volunteers? Are they slaves? We don't know. Those are important questions. Yeah, I think are oft overlooked. We just like to think of them as they're benevolent volunteers for some reason. It's like, why would they do that? It's hard work. They're in the Arctic, which I mean, as an elf, I don't know if they choose to live in the Arctic. So yeah, there's some stuff going on there. Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. And, you know, although that extend, extends to Santa Claus himself, too. Uh, not sure if you've ever read any Dennis Cooper, but I just read his novel, I Wished. And he's talking about Santa Claus in uh, one particular chapter. And it really struck me that he's like, you know, Santa Claus is kind of... Uh, no one ever wonders about Santa Claus's interior life. He's just like this vending machine that we collectively as a society use to give it ourselves shit. But like, you know, no one wonders like what he cares about, what his hopes and dreams are. He's just there to serve us. True. It's very selfish of us to think of that. But yeah, yeah. he's considered by some, well, there's the line, right? Jolly old elf. So do you yes. consider Santa an elf or just an elf oppressor? Uh, you know, I think that's a good question, right? You know, is he is he an elf or is he something else? Uh, you know, it's certainly possible he's an elf who's oppressing other elves. Uh, wouldn't be the first time that's happened, but interesting. You so know, kind of a, yeah. a, tribal, a tribal kind of warfare thing there. Yeah, that's yeah, very, could very could be. You know, could be. Uh, well, yeah, so are we are we talking in general? Are we talking about the, the book now, by the way? We can do there's no rules. <laughs> we are on the book right now. So let's talk a little bit more about the book and then we'll get a little bit more into generic elf aspects. So yeah, what else about the book and the elf component should we know? Yeah, so uh I guess we'll, we might get into light spoiler territory here, but I'll try and keep it not plot-centric, but um related to the world itself but in the world of return of the living elves there is a highly advanced and militaristic society at the north pole and this society is has divided itself into first class citizens and second class citizens and the first class citizens are the clauses and the second class citizens are called the kringles and uh, essentially the clauses keep the kringles down and you know the clauses are the 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 bougie upper classes and uh, the kringles uh, do things like you know join the military and dig ditches yada yada but they're not elves so elves uh, uh, you know, elves in my world are very much, uh, you know, they're even even lower on the social strata than the Kringles. Uh, they're essentially just used as as disposable drones and, uh, you know, live in squalid conditions and have horrific lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does seem as if all of the. Well, maybe not all of it. I would say the high fantasy elves might be different, but a lot of the other tales of elves, it's kind of like they're at human's disposal they are kind of i don't want to say a slave race but kind of yeah they like get off on cobbling and things like that you know it's <laughs> yeah well that's... you know it's like yeah they're just here to serve us or something or even like i think it's like something that we tell ourselves to make it because in all those they like enjoy it you know and so we're telling ourselves that they enjoy serving us so we can feel good about it 
Yeah, the kids love making our iPhones in the sweatshops. They it's fun for them. <laughs> yeah, it's a good old time. <laughs> so, what made you want to write about elves besides just your past of Warhammer and whatnot? Uh, money. <laughs> yeah, so, big money uh, in yeah. the elf market. Yeah, huge. Yeah, money. so I I was I I just had this idea to write a Christmas book. Uh, I thought it'd be fun to have like you know a seasonal horror book. Um, that really skewers a lot of pop culture tropes around Christmas. And so the title just kind of popped into my head and I went from there. I'm really a, I'm a huge fan of return of the living dead. And I just decided, Hey, I can just kind of steal the plot for return of the living dead and make it about elves and make it all Christmassy. And, you know, no one will notice, even if I put a poem in the front of my book saying that this is exactly what I did. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. Well, so obviously the title is reminiscent of zombies. You don't have to answer the question. You can just ignore it. But should we potentially expect zombie elves? These are literally elf zombies. Yes. Okay. So that, that's all yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. It's. Uh, I mean, there's a zombie elf on the cover. He's kind of like it rotted away. Like it. I mean, who knows? So, what, yeah. What your version of it? So you would say they count as zombie elves then. They're literally described as zombie elves in the book. Yes. Perfect. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to read that. That sounds awesome. So yeah, let's talk a little bit more about elves in general. So when I was younger, I'm, I'm not saying I believed in elves, but I wanted to believe in elves. And I actually, I tried, yeah. I tried to summon the gnome King and he didn't show up. And I was mm. kind of like, well, fuck these guys, you know? And yeah. And, I was still trying to be like, well, maybe they're possible because they're in all this folklore and, and fairy tales and pretty much every culture has a version of just like a little thing, whether it's Celtic, of course, that's the one we're most familiar Celtic and British, but right. know, Native, Native American, African, Asian, they all have like a little thing that does some weird stuff. Uh, right. But, yeah. So what do you, what do you feel like the significance of that? I mean, it has to mean that they're real basically right 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 the same way that you know there are dragons in every culture and uh you know that must mean that dragons are real and not that you know people just kept finding bones that look like them or something like that you know <laughs> i mean we don't know for a fact but i mean it, it would be a coincidence that all these cultures independently came up with a little a little thing i mean one of the theories is that i forget if it was the picts or some group that lived in the Celtic hinterlands and they were smaller stature. And so mm -hmm. they were just kind of, that's where that whole myth of the little people came about. So that's one potential explanation. You know, I think that's part of it, but you know, I think humans are generally just imaginative and we like to ask ourselves what if as a way of entertaining ourselves. Mm -hmm. So looking around at the people around you and going, what if these people were bigger or what if these people were smaller isn't really that much of a stretch of the imagination for me. And I think that's something that across cultures, you know, somebody would be sitting around the fire going like, oh, you know, what if, what if there was a gigantic version of Bill roaming the countryside out there, you know? Right. You know, because a lot of cultures have, you know, myths of giants and things too. Giants is another good topic. Right. So I guess if we can have that'd a big... Be, that'd be fun. I should do a giant book. Write a giant book. Come on back on the podcast. Oh my God. Oh my, I feel like giants, like we don't get enough good giant uh, fiction these days. I don't, I think that we don't. Yeah, there is definitely, there's a big gap there. And that was another thing they thought were 
real. And uh, there's myths in the U.S., like the upper Midwest, like even like around Ohio, that they found uh, bones of giants. So it's it's possible. So, but what's funny is people have long believed this, and I'm not just talking about you know some backwater Irish village in the 1200s. Talking about Sir Arthur Conan Doyle of Sherlock Holmes fame literally believed in fairies. Now, fairies, yeah. the purists are going to say, well, you're talking about a wholly different thing. Fairies are not elves, whatever. They're the same thing. So they believed in that stuff and they were all sorts of sleuthing and like, look, there was this famous photograph that came out that any of us can look at it now or like, give me a break. But back yeah. then, it's like, it's <laughs> I'm like, this is the dude who wrote Sherlock Holmes. And he like looks at this photograph. He's like, yeah, that's totally fairies. Okay, bro. It's real. Well, he was also on a lot of Coke, yeah. so he, he was also him. very Fox. I think he was probably just very Fox Mulder. Like, I want to believe, you know, which is great. Like, all this stuff is really cool. Like, <laughs> but like I, real, yeah. you know, yes. I wish I wish it was real. My my gut instinct is no, but it well, would be cool if it was. Yeah, that's kind of how I am about most stuff. Wrong. Like Bigfoot, I'm like, all right, if I had to bet on it, Bigfoot's not real. But am I leaving a little space open for the possibility of Bigfoot? Yeah. You know, anyone who says there's no Bigfoot, I know for a fact, guaranteed. Well, how do you know? Probably. <laughs> right. Well, uh, you know, I, I look at more like, oh, uh, you know, if someone believes in Bigfoot, it's, you know, it's on them to prove their assertion. Right. You, you, you can't prove a negative. Right. Um but you know, like, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't believe that Bigfoot exists, but I wish he did. And if someone has evidence that Bigfoot is real, like, please, like, I would love it if tomorrow some guy drove into like a, uh, like a, a small town in Washington with like a dead Bigfoot in his pickup truck. Like, that would be great. That would be the coolest thing ever. That would finally prove the situation. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, it so could be that prove, these things. Prove me wrong, people. Prove me wrong. Well, they could be extinct. So that could be the thing with elves. Maybe there were elves and now they're just extinct and it's too late for that. But that's the thing. I mean, it's this supernatural thing. So even let's just assume that we believe the things that people believe back then. So they're both supernatural and corporeal beings. Like they're physical and the, they're not ghosts. Right. And they're not phantasms, even though they always had Again, fairies, elves, there could be some difference there, but they had the ability to waylay people to do all sorts of charms and glamour and whatnot. So that's magic. Right. Right. So, yeah, there are a couple of like things that you would have to believe to get to that, basically. You know, you'd have to believe in the existence of these tiny creatures. And then you'd also have to believe that they can do magical things. And so then you have to believe in magic. So. Right. Which most people did back then. I mean, which is right. which is magic, whatever. That was nothing new. But the interesting thing I think is that, well, so we think of elves a lot of times these days, maybe not in your book, but as friendly. They're friendly. Oh, look, Keebler elves, right? That's the most popular version. They're slinging cookies in a tree. But dark elves, which is what's more interesting to me, pretty yeah. much if you, if you go back, most of those fairy tales and the Celtic stuff, they were not friendly elves. These were mean right. fuckers. Yeah. And so that's yeah. kind of, that's the different thing. That's the thing that it's been glossed over in history. They were, so they, that's what changelings were. So the elves or the fairy right. that stole your baby. They put one of their own in its place. That's a pretty yes. hardcore thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, and that's that's terrifying, obviously. And I, you know, that's a very interesting fear, right? Because like, you know, how do you how do you know the baby's yours? You know, it gets it a very visceral thing. You know, yeah. they don't have a they don't have a barcode on them, you know. Yeah. And then some some of the explanation people have is that some infants that developed certain maybe developmental disabilities or stuff like that, they would say that it was this was an elf. That's what they actually would say about. Right. And not understanding genetics and heritability of traits and things like that. Like, I get it. Like, you want to come up with some uh, explanation for uh, that's what all these things are, is like people just trying to explain the world around them, you know? Like yeah. what's that sound? Oh, that's Zeus, like, you know, having a having a hissy fit, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we gotta explain it with something. And if you don't have the science to do it, you gotta come up with an explanation or or they're real. Again, I'm leaving that open. But yeah, I think I stopped believing when I was reading these books about elves, and one of them was talking about elves in Central Park. And I was like, there's no way there's elves in Central Park. This is gonna mm. be all all bullshit. So that somehow yeah. did me. I don't know why. That, that that sounds a bit like Victor Laval's The Changeling. Have you read that? No, but I am familiar with that. And the film, I think, was actually based on something that took place here in Colorado, in Denver. Oh, oh the film The Changeling. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Is, cool. that, yeah. is that a lot different than the book? I haven't... Oh, uh, yeah. So Victor Laval wrote a book called The Changeling mm -hmm. uh, that is explicitly supernatural okay so it's not about like the the angelina jolie film well there was one before that there was like a 70s yeah. film the changeling but um oh or the yeah that was with george c scott i think too right. there's like three yeah, different yeah, so I'm, yeah i'm talking about a novel that's completely okay. different than the films nothing to do with it okay well i'll have to check but, that out that's cool yeah it's 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 about kind of like old world mythology existing in new york and in, in oh. modern new york well, that sounds yep. right up my alley. I'll yeah, to... it, yeah, it's it's. I think it's worth a read for you for sure. The other thing that made me question this stuff, and just was, it points out how silly things are. It was, I believe, it was a Brian Froud book with gnomes, and then they had like cave gnomes, like because, <laughs> I mean, you think about the Victorian elves and fairies; they're all dressed in Victorian garb, so therefore yeah. these things are mirroring human culture. So yeah, is there a one in a leopard print carrying a club, which seems pretty stupid. <laughs> it's stupid, but amazing, which yeah. also makes me think of that famous like Nazi gnome book from the 80s. Oh, yeah. From the uh, I think I think it's just called The Little People. Yeah. Or it's like, no, it's Nazi leprechauns. It's Nazi leprechauns. Cool. So in like uh, Grady Hendrix's paperbacks from hell. But right. Yeah, I, I seem to recall that. Yeah. My yeah, favorite thing, the book, of, but yeah, yeah. So, so the cover is these, uh, the these uh, these leprechauns, and they're in Nazi uniforms, right. and they're at like this castle, and they have like whips, and they're cracking their whips, right? And the uh, the blurb at the top is from I forget where it's from, some newspaper, and it's like richly layered horror, and <laughs> it's just the blurb is so hilariously inconsistent with this like idiotic picture of these. Fucking leprechauns in Nazi uniforms. I cannot stress that enough. Uh, but amazing. Really, yeah, it sounds like a really deep storyline there, but it sounds awesome. I love it. I mean, I love Yeah, I haven't like read that. it, but I would love to at some point. No, that sounds perfect. Seems like a good old time. <laughs> so, so here, let's get into some controversial territory here. So can 
can elves mate with human beings would you think Ooh, that's it well there's the size issue there is the size issue although do you see shaquille o'neal's girlfriend i mean it's yeah pretty much i guess yeah and you have you know chihuahuas uh you know great like, danes you know. that's happened yeah chihuahuas to great danes yeah exactly um yeah i mean i it, it might be able to go one way and not the other way you know <laughs> i see you know, what you're saying yeah you know, may, maybe like a male elf could impl- impregnate a human female but not vice versa um sure but i don't yeah i don't know if they're really compatible or not um in my world there's no human elf fucking whatsoever that's um smart yeah yeah i just didn't want to go there so um and it also just didn't come up at all uh (laughs) it it should never really i don't want to sound like a prude (laughs) but for some reason the subject of fucking zombie elves never came up when i was writing the book i don't know room for a sequel though so yes exactly (laughs) that's yeah i guess the biology of being able to but let's just say they could get maybe there could be artificially inseminated so then there'd be a hybrid because they're 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 humanoid right they're right they are they're not like yeah. dog things well, or aliens. Yeah, I mean, like in fantasy, there's always the half elf, right? So Halfling, from, right, right. Halfling, yeah, yeah, right, from right, like D and D and stuff like that, you know. So they've thought about it, obviously. You, a know, lot of you know, like in D and D, in D&D they can breed uh, for sure. I'm trying to think back on, you know, if. Uh, you know, in Tolkien, uh, in any of the uh, his, you know, eight billion telephone books that he wrote, uh, were there any human elf relationships that yielded children? I don't. I mean, they don't really talk much about Tolkien. Doesn't talk much about male female relationships at all. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's so, not big on fucking to begin with. <laughs> he shied away from that. Yeah, I don't. I wonder if in that world that they can uh, do that. Well, so I guess maybe a a good way to conclude things here is. If there was an elf, and I, I don't know, are you are you married or anything like that? I have an amazing girlfriend, Catherine McGee, who writes great horror, and you should check her out. Sounds great. But let's just say it was before you met Catherine, and you stumbled on an elf that was of age and um, very willing. Would you consider? Would you consider it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna plead the fifth here. That's the right answer. That's the correct. <laughs> that is the correct answer. Okay. Well, I had I had to ask. I mean, I think all my listeners are like, it's got to go in that direction at some point. So I need inquiring minds want to know. I totally get it. I have that journalistic mind. I mean, what can I? What can I tell yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Brian, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, Josh. I thanks for having me. This is great. It's a fun topic. And uh, yeah, say a little about where people can find your work and where they can get in touch with you if they so desire. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so my website is brianasmanbooks.com. I sell signed copies of all my books on there. So it's a great place to do some Christmas or other shopping. Uh, and uh, then I'm also on Twitter and all social media as at the Brian Asman. So you can find me. I mostly, I mostly hang out on Twitter, but you can find me all over the place at that. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Brian. All right. Thanks, Josh. You have a good one, man. Too. Thanks for taking a trip with me through Josh's worst nightmare, where I, Josh Schlossberg, survey the dark landscape of biological horror fiction presented by Denver Horror Collective. 
If you don't want to miss any of the great, and sometimes disturbing, weekly episodes I've got planned for you, be sure to subscribe to Josh's Worst Nightmare on a variety of podcast platforms. You can also sign up for Josh's Worst Nightmare e-newsletter at joshsworstnightmare.com, where I share a whole squirming mess of bio-horror, including my infamous haiku horror reviews and my latest dark scribblings. Speaking of which, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my cosmic biological folk horror novella, Moline, from D&T Publishing, you can find a copy of the paperback, hardcover, or ebook at Amazon, Godless.com, or Josh'sWorstNightmare.com. Yours darkly, Josh Schlossberg.